Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Luke chapter 11. And it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I like the way Matthew chapter 6 puts it. It says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 I want to do something differently. If we can go to Mark. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. This wasn't even. Just follow me. Mark chapter 9 verse 29. It says Jesus replied. This kind. Everybody shout this kind. Can be cast out. Only. By prayer. This kind. Everybody say this kind. Can be cast out. Only by prayer. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, O oh God, because it is life, O oh God. We thank you for your word, O oh God, because it breathes life into our bodies, O oh God. And so we pray, Heavenly Father, that this may be a word not simply of information, but a word of transformation, O oh God. That this may be more than just talking about you, Lord, but this, is, this may be encountering you, O oh God, in the pages of of your word, oh God. And so I thank you, Lord Jesus, that I get to pastor the most amazing church. Father, I get to be married to the hottest woman on the planet, and I get to uh, be the father to some amazing kids. In Jesus' name we say, amen, amen and amen. Uh, how many couples do we got here? Woo! Couples. Single folk? Any single folk? Woo! We praying for you. Uh, uh, how many of you, if you have a if you haven't been in a relationship, and, and we're talking about the married folk, how many know that we can use a weekend getaway? Yeah. Amen? Amen? Like, I don't know about you, but I absolutely love weekend getaways. Uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I decided that we were going to go on our first weekend getaway since our honeymoon, right? And so I said, baby... We're going on a weekend getaway. And I don't know about you, but we love weekend getaways. Everybody loves taking a vacation. Everybody loves getting away. I mean, you completely disconnect. You get to just feel free. I don't know about you, but when you, everything, the air smells different when you go away. I don't know. Like you just, you feel like the most free, adventurous, just, just amazing person. Like you just, oh, I'm going to, so I tell my wife, baby, we're going on our weekend Get away, get the playlist ready. You know what I'm talking about? And so I tell her, get the playlist ready. And I'm saying, you know what? We're going to sing Endless Love, the original version, the one with Mariah Carey and Luther Vandross. And then I remember she's seven years older than me. So she's like, no, it's Diana Ross. 
She's like, no, it's, it's, it, it's, it's not Luther Vandross. I'm like, what are you talking about, woman? You don't know your facts. Cut that out. I remember when she first told me that. I was like, I rebuke you, devil. Cut the... It's like we have such, we have such awkward moments. Because I think the, there's an original song of something. She's like, nah, nah, papi. That's in, that's in back in my day in Sunset. <laughs> and so, so um, I'm like, baby, get the playlist ready. We're going on vacation. And we went, uh, we went on vacation and we had a really good time. I mean, but, but even my wife acted different when we were on vacation. Like, me and my wife, like, it's between me and my wife, I'm the vain one, okay? I gotta admit, like, I'll compete with my wife's looks. I'm like, baby, am I as good looking as a man as you are a woman? Like, any man ever asked that? Just me. Okay, God bless you guys. And my, but my wife is like, she's the most modest person. Like, she, she's like so modest, but when we were on vacation, there was a huge mirror. That caused problems because she was looking at us I, like I don't see my wife do this. My wife don't feel like you ever feel yourself be like, man, this shirt looks good on me right here. John, God bless you. Um, <laughs> like you ever, you ever look at yourself in the mirror? Like, I have never seen my wife. We've been married five years. Never seen my wife do that until we went on a weekend getaway. She was like, baby, all this is yours, baby. What? What in the? And I was like. I've never seen my wife, like, do that, right? But weekend getaways tend to just do something. And, and here, here's my point. Like, I love me some weekend getaways. Amen? Can I get an amen? We love our weekend getaways. But here's the truth, that the weekend getaways is really a supplement to what me and my wife have as a marriage. It's beautiful. Weekend getaways can be refreshing. They, beca- they can be good, but they are not your everyday life. And here's the truth. God, can I give you a newsflash? God wants to be more in your life than a weekend getaway. See, God wants to be more involved in your life than simply saying hi and bye and having a good time on a weekend or on a Sunday. See, God wants to be more than a weekend getaway. He wants more than to be more than a vacation destination. God wants to be your residence. He wants to be your mailing address. God wants to have this continuous, ongoing relationship with you. Can I tell you something that God wants to know every single detail of your life? Even though he knows it already, he wants you to communicate it to him. See, how many know that you can know something, but there's a freedom when someone actually communicates the very thing you know? Like, thank you for being honest. Thank you for being, thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, I know you're struggling, but I love when you communicate that to me. I love this exchange and this continuous connection that we have with one another. I want to tell you that God wants to be more in your life than a weekend getaway. He doesn't just want to see you on the weekends and then be forgotten about during the weekdays. He wants an ongoing relationship with you. Not every day, every moment. Do you know that you can insert God in every single aspect of your life? Do you know that when you get dressed, you can talk to God about what you're wearing? Do you know that when you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're dealing with your children that you can talk to God about the struggles that you have with your kids? Do you know that you can insert God in every single 
moment of your life. And that's what prayer is. See, prayer, oftentimes we have just seen prayer as a response to something. But prayer is more than a response. It's a relationship. Can I submit to you this beautiful morning that prayer, oftentimes we see it as a last resort, but it should be our first response. See, prayer oftentimes is our last option, but many times it should be at our first opportunity. See, prayer is not something that we simply use as a response to life's issues. No, prayer is a connection with God so that we can walk through life's issues. See, it's a connection with God because when you're you're connecting with your creator, you're able to walk through creation with no problem. You'll deal less with issues when you're connected. You'll be more sane when you're connected. Your light would shine brighter when you're more connected. Someone shout prayer. Prayer Prayer is your connection with God. And like we spoke about last week, last week we said in the same way that your, your lungs need air, your soul needs prayer in the same manner. And so when we look at the the scriptures, what, what we see is that Jesus is communicating to his disciples about prayer. Over and over, we see that, that prayer is so important. And oftentimes, we have made prayer. And my, my main concern is that disciples or Jesus followers have made prayer almost like a good luck charm. Keep me in prayer, brother. I'll pray for you, brother. Or all I have left is prayer. No, prayer should be our first response. Not our last resort. See, can I be honest? There are wars that we haven't won in our life because we have to win them first in the spiritual before we can win them in the natural. There are wars in our life. There are battles and struggles and issues that we are trying to overcome in the natural. But God is saying those things are first overcome in private. Those things are first overcome in the spiritual. There are things, there are some issues that we keep facing and struggling with. And there are some common battles that there are many people that keep dealing with it over and over and over. Hey, and if you came here today and you're struggling with the same thing over and over, I want to let you know that you are more than welcome here. We all have been there, but I want to let you know that there's a way out to that. And many times that battle is not one in the natural first. It's one in the spiritual first. And the natural is just the Bible product of what happened in private. Woo. See, many times we're struggling with the same circumstances and the same issues and the same dilemmas. Why? Because the battle has not been won in private. And so when we look at, when we, if you look at David, David had to first defeat the lion and the bear before he defeated Goliath. We're looking to defeat Goliath when there's a lion and a bear that we still have to overcome in private. So prayer is not our last option. It's our first response. There's certain things that only can come out through prayer. When we look at Mark chapter 9, watch this. Mark chapter 9, it says, Jesus replied. Now, I want to give you the story here that Jesus teaches his disciples. Watch this. Many of you may have never caught this. But Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. He sends them out two by two. And the Bible says that there was one time this child or this kid who 
had a demon who's being afflicted by a demonic spirit. And the disciples came to pray over that child. And when they went to pray over that child, nothing happened. Catch this. They come to Jesus and the man comes and say, hey, I went to your disciples and your homies couldn't get nothing done. Like I went to your Jesus followers. I went to your followers. I went to your disciples. I went those that profess themselves to be followers of Jesus. And they weren't able to get done what needed to get done. And so I love this because Jesus comes. He, he rebukes the spirit out. That child is thrown to the floor. Jesus lifts him up. He heals him. His life is restored. And his disciples are like, Jesus. How come we couldn't do that? And Jesus, I love Jesus. because He's kind of like so obvious sometimes. He's like, these, Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by what? Prayer. Prayer. This kind can only be cast out by prayer prayer but jesus we prayed that's that's what we did we 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 prayed we that jesus listen to me we prayed over this no 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 see because you prayed as a response to something but i taught you how to pray on a daily basis because you need the power before you're gonna need the power Do, do you get what i'm saying How many of you guys know that you need God's power before you actually need God's power? In other words, that you need to be prepared with God's power before you arrive at the moment where you need God's power. See, many times we look at prayer to be prayed in the moment, and that's okay. Listen, you can pray for sickness. You can pray for illness. How many know that you ever been in that prayer that you just prayed for like a whole hour for one person to change? Like you ever been in love and prayed for someone to love you back? I'm going to let y'all slide on that one, okay? I'm going to let y'all, like, Lord, please make him love, make him love me, God. Make her love me. And this is how I got married to Lisa. <laughs> like, it's, it's fine if you pray as a response. It's fine if you pray for people to change. That's fine. It's fine when you pray for people to heal when they're sick. That's fine. It's fine for you to pray when things go wrong. That's fine. But let me tell you, that might not be the, you might not be getting the most out of what comes out of prayer. It's okay. Like, you, 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 can, you can do that. That's all right. But let me tell you something. There's so much more that comes out of a connection with God than responding to certain situations. And oftentimes, that's how we see our prayer life. Oh, I pray when something happens in my life and something goes wrong. How many know that I'll send you to the knees real quick? Like, Lord Jesus, come on down. Right? Like that. And and that's fine. I mean, hey, you should go to God when you are in trouble. He is a God that will rescue you. He was a God that will save you. He is a God that will heal you. But I want to let you know that you might not be getting the most out of prayer and all that God intended to flow through during prayer. Because prayer shouldn't be done as your last option. It should be done at the first opportunity. See, I want my situations to respond to my prayer life rather than my prayer to respond to my situations. Somebody got to Facebook that right now. That was so good. I'm going to buy the tape. Like 17 views on Vimeo. Pastor Rose ID address. (laughs) How many of you know that? Anybody receiving this today? 
And so the disciples, they, they come to this, this demon-possessed child and they couldn't do what God sent them out to do. Check this out. God sent them out to do it and they couldn't do it. They come back to Jesus and Jesus is like, listen, this only comes out through prayer as a relationship, not a response. Now watch this. Because he goes, he says this because he already taught them how to pray. See, this takes place in Mark chapter 9. But prior to this, in Matthew, we see that one of the first things that Jesus did was teach his disciples how to pray. So he's essentially saying, no, no, no. See, you're praying as a response. But I told you, I taught you how to pray in private. Someone look at the the person next to you. Tell them, apply it. (laughs) How many know that, that in order for you to thrive in life, you need to apply what you've learned? If you don't apply it, you won't thrive. If you don't apply, you won't thrive. That that rhymes. I got bars. If if you're not applying what's being communicated, we hear an awesome message on prayer, and we're like, man, that was an awesome message on prayer. What am I going to do? I'm going to not pray. Right? Like Pastor Rose says, hey, we need... God is calling this church community to a time of seeking him and in prayer. And, and what do we do? We don't apply it. How many of you know that, that when, when you go, like, can, I share, can I share a story with you? Like I was going to the gym and I was putting some excellent workouts before my trainer. But when I was going home, they were bringing the Haagen-Dazs ice cream, the chicken tender melts. My wife makes, oh my God, she made a pastelon the other day. I'm like, carbs. Hello, that's not good for you. Like, and I was like, he's like, how's your eating habits? I was like, come again? Why? Because, uh, see, he would, I would put in good workouts at the gym. But he's saying, hey, listen, you're not going to get this, the most out of this training session if I give you homework and all you do is perform well here. But when I give you homework, you ignore everything that I've just told you. If I'm saying to keep away from carbs, man, how many, I love carbs. Hallelujah. <laughs> like I love me some carbs, but if, but if you're not applying it, you're not going to thrive. You're not going to get the most out of your walk with Jesus when you don't apply what God is trying to impart in your life. So one of the things that at Kuhau, and, and I, I want to take this time to kind of speak about this because at, at Kuhau, man, this church is much more than a weekend getaway. This church is much more than a Sunday. And I think sometimes that we look at the lights and we look at our presence on social media and we're like, man, we love that church. I walked into a room full of pastors the other day and they were like, oh, this is the cool pastor in Staten Island. I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I'm just myself. Like, none of these clothes are even mine. I just borrow them. Like, I... Like a room full of pastors. Oh, this is the cool pastor in Staten Island. I'm like, he got a better shirt than me. What are you talking about? And like sometimes we get it twisted, like we think the method is the mission, but the method is not the mission. You might see lights, you might see an awesome worship band, you might see a good looking pastor, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) But let's not get it twisted. This church is not stuck on a method, it's about a mission. What sets this church forward is not the lights, is not the drummer. We got a good looking drummer, amen, praise the Lord. But listen, what saves this church and what pushes this church forward is not... The lights and the cameras and the social media presence. And man, we just, no, it is prayer. 
This church was birthed out of prayer. We were in the living room, guess what? Praying. Every, every time the leaders get together, let me tell you, church, Kuhau, you have an awesome leadership. Not because they put in work, but because they pray. I can attest to that, that I see God's presence move when our leaders come together every single week and we pray. And so one of the things that we say at Kuhau, someone look at the person next to you, tell them, apply it. We come to church on Sunday and we have our announcers and how many can give it up for our announcers? We got some great announcers. But one of the things that we say as a church is come. You want to get the most out of being a follower of Jesus? We tell you three things. Come, connect, contribute. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, apply it. See, oftentimes we're like, no, come. Well, Pastor Raw, I don't need to be, I don't need to be, I don't need to go to church to be saved. No, you don't. But in order for you to grow, you need to come to church and get around some people that are growing too. All right, so you Maybe you don't need to be saved. Maybe going, coming to church doesn't save you. But let me tell you, when you get around people that are going in the same direction, that are on the same journey, on the same faith journey, that are reaching out to God and saying, God, we want more of you. We want you to download in our spirit. We need you more than our lungs need air. We need you in our life. When you get around people and connect with them and, and let their, their experience be imparted into your life and you get around mentors and leaders and you start reading you when you start coming to church stuff something starts happening in your life that would not ordinarily happen in your life if you just stay home someone say come Come. see so when we say come it's not a suggesting we're saying apply it we say connect well pastor i come on sundays you know and it's good but you know sundays are good and it's awesome and it's great and I love the lights, and I love when Ellie, she just oh, sings, and it's awesome, and it's just, oh my God, it's amazing. But we say connect. Because if you're going to get the fullness of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, if you want to grow spiritually, guess what? You can grow in, in tad bits coming on a Sunday, but when you really get to the meat, it's connecting with people and opening up your Bible and asking those questions, asking the tough questions, asking uh, 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 in questions that will revive your life, asking questions, well, what does this mean when, when Paul said this? And what does this mean when um, Jesus communicated this? When you start opening up your Bible and asking questions and there's a leader that is, is sharing the information and teaching us, man, you start growing. You start growing. So we say, we say, come to church, but don't just stop at coming on Sundays because this is more than a weekend getaway. See, most of what happens at Kuhau is not necessarily here on Sundays. This is to get you connected to the body of Christ, which happens during the week. There's some of us in this church community that are putting about 10 to 20 hours on a weekly basis Because they believe in what God is doing in this church community. It's not just a weekend getaway. It's getting plugged in. Look at the person next to you. Tell them connect. We say contribute. Today in the rain, I don't know. Today in the rain, we got phone calls at 730 in the morning. And it was like, it it felt like this. Pastor Roe, half the church is not coming today. Like, all right, Lord, 
Here we look at the Lord. All right, Lord. Amen. I'm not going to pray as a response. I've been praying about this. Right? Like, that's what it felt like. Like, ten, tring, tring, tring. Like, I want to rebuke my phone, right? Like, like, tring, tring. I'm not coming. I'm sick. I'm not coming. It's raining. I'm not coming. My kids are saying, I'm not coming. Half our staff didn't make it. But I want to tell you, even with half our staff, we're talking about at least 10 people that serve every single Sunday couldn't make it today because of situations. There are people that rise up to the occasion and they say, hey, we're going to contribute because we, we know that our church is not just like watching a movie. We watch a movie one day and then we watch a movie the other day. And it, no, church, this is my spiritual. This is the place that I call home. This is the place that imparts in me spiritually. This is the place that that while I'm while I'm dealing with stuff, there's there's pastors that are praying for me. There's leadership that are praying for me. They're praying for my kids. They're praying for my marriage. They're praying for my future. This is not this is. This is a, a, a spiritual connection in my life. And so when we say contribute, there are people that are up at 7 o'clock in the morning to just to make sure that the church is clean, just to make sure that the trailer is being picked up, just to make sure that the drums are set. Ellie doesn't know how to play the drums, but Ellie memorized how to set that, drums, that drum set up. John doesn't know a lick of engineering. But he learned how to do that board because he said, we need music to come out those speakers. Are you hearing me, church? Jane just played the piano maybe as a kid. And she said, I'm going to start memorizing the chords and I'm going to start memorizing the notes and I'm going to start learning. You know why? Because there are people that need to gather in worship to God. There are people. Guess. Jenny doesn't public speak. She's not a public speaker. She said, she didn't say, Pastor, oh, give me the mic. Because I am eloquent with my speech. No. No. She said, oh, there's a need. I'm there. She didn't want to be the kid's director. We made her. She was voluntold, not volunteered. But guess what? Somehow, she found a passion for it. And she's taking our kids' ministry from two-bedroom apartment with no curriculum. Now we got a staff that is prepared to take care of the needs of our children at Kuhau. And as we're able to receive here, they're able to receive in the kids' uh, uh, section, in the Kuhau kids. They're able to receive and be in part. Why? Because there's a leader that said, hey, I'm willing to contribute. I wonder what it, what it would look like if we all in some way, shape, or form began to come to church, but not only come to church, connect through community groups, and also contribute of our time, whether it's once a month, twice a month, is saying, hey, Pastor o, you can count on us. Give God some praise if you believe that. I want to give you some practical, I want to get real practical here. And we're done. I told you. See, by this time, the disciples had already learned how to pray. 
and they didn't put it to practice. They didn't. By this time, the disciples, they didn't put it to practice. And so they needed the power that comes through prayer before it was time to, re- to use the power. You get what I mean? They needed the power before they needed the power. And so what happened? They came up short when the power was needed because they didn't obtain the power when it was time for preparation. And my prayer today is not that we just come as a church community and we hear a message on prayer. All right, Pastor Oh, thank you. I know I need to go home and pray now. Why don't we put it to practice? Why don't we come together now and pray as a church community? Amen? And so, Jesus gives out a practical model of prayer. And it's three questions. Can, the first question I want you to ask is, is practical. I want to get real practical right now. Real practical. When do we pray? You need a time of prayer. You need a time where you come together with God every single day and you say, God, this time is for you. I'm going to get real practical. It's ABC stuff, but I think we need it. Over 300 times, the New Testament says, remember, remember, remember. Maybe the Bible says remember so many times because human nature is to forget. We forget the important stuff. And so this is real basic, but I want to I ask you, when do we pray? You need to take out a time with you and God and say, God, this time is simply for you. Pastor, I don't really got, I don't, I don't got time. Like my kids and I, I got to do stuff with my kids and I got so much to do with my finances. And I got, no, no, let me tell you something. I have to take time away from my kids so that I can be all the best I can be for my kids. And I have to sometime, I'd rather spend one hour in prayer than and nine hours with my kids than 10 hours with my kids and no time in prayer. Why? Because their dad is at his best when he's connected to his dad. In order for your kids to receive all they can receive from you, they're not receiving all they can receive from you if you're not connected to the one that's going to refresh you and impart in you and bless you. You're trying to be the best dad. You're trying to be the best mom. But let me tell you, in order for you to do that, it's not simply providing for them financially. It's not simply providing for them emotionally. You need to provide for them spiritually. Their soul needs to be healthy. So I want to be the best dad. You know how I do that? I lock up myself with my dad. So when is it do we, when do we pray? Number two, where do we pray? Where do we pray? Minister Andrew, he actually writes this in his book. He has a whole chapter dedicated to your your place and posture in prayer. Where do you you pray? Where, where Where is your time? Where you say this time is, is this place is for God. I, I'm going to go, some, you know, some people, they have a, a, certain, a certain chair. That's their prayer chair. And they go there. Some, some of us have a, a room. We just go to a, a room and seclude ourselves. For me, it's my living room. So I shut off the lights. I turn on the candles. It's getting real romantic, right? 
I shut off my phone. You know, there's something about choosing something over something else that yells at the top of its lungs that you value it more. There's something about when I say, God, I got to do this, but I'm going to choose you above this. That God says, Whew. When do you when do you pray? Where do you pray? And how about this one? How do you pray? Pastor, I just I don't know, prayer seems like burdensome to me. You ever been there? Honestly, let's be honest. You ever been there where you're just like, "Ah, oh, I know I need to pray, but I don't I know I need to pray, but ah, oh, you know, uh, uh, I know I need to pray, but I, you know, Luke Cage just came out and I just got to watch it all day. Right? Like, I know I got to pray, but I mean, I've been on Instagram for the last half hour. I know, yeah, you ever been there? Like, maybe the reason you feel like that is because you really haven't experienced what true prayer looks like. Well, what do you mean? Because Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Maybe we need to learn how to pray. Maybe in order for us to get the most out of our prayer life, we need to relearn how to pray. Maybe we just need to learn how to pray. And so many scholars believe that the Lord's prayer is broken down in three, three places. And one of them is a door. Look at the person next to you. Tell them a door. See, when you start your prayer, you start. What if you started prayer with God? who God is first. Like, ha, ha, has that ever been you? Like, the first, like any parents, the first thing your kids do when they see you in the morning is, can I get some cereal? <laughs> daddy, where's my milk? Like, can you say good morning? Can you say I love you, daddy? Right? Like, like we don't reject them. We don't reject what they say. But what if they, they introduce their relationship and connection with you where, where, by saying, but the way we do it with God is we start prayer with who God is. And so Luke puts it this way. Luke chapter 11, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, it's all about you, God. God, you are the great I am. God, you are awesome. What if we started prayer with who God is? And it's okay for you to jump into prayer asking God for things but what if you just entered into prayer making big of who God is making much of what God who God is in your life what if you would magnify the name of the Lord in your life I need my soul to know that there is a God that is greater than anything that I may be going through I need my soul to know that there is a God. Oh, there is a good God. Oh, there is a great God. Oh, there is a God up in heaven. My soul, guess what? You're going through the desert, but there is a God who holds my destiny. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if you started your prayer life with adoring, with worshiping, with thanking God? When you start thanking God, man, it's hard to thank God and not have a smile on your face. It's hard for you to be a grateful person and not be a joyful person as well. 
It's hard. Let me tell you, you start thanking God and start making much of who God is and start, man, all of a sudden, like, you don't just, God, I need this and God, you can do that. That, I want to let you know you can do that, but you're not getting the most out of what prayer is. It's okay. Go. The Bible says that cast your cares on him because he cares. You can do that, but you're not getting the most and the fullness and the richness of what prayer is when you just jump on God, I need this. God, I need this. No, no. What, what if we just take a moment? All right. I know. I, God, you're good. Oh, man. God, you're so good. You're a, you're a good. Our, our Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your, your name is above all other names. Your kingdom come. Lord, let your kingdom come right now. Lord, let your kingdom come in my will. Let your kingdom come to my life. Let your kingdom come on earth. Let your will. Lord, I thank you, Lord. You are the second thing, what if we continued prayer with number two? With admitting. Again, many scholars and theologians break down the Lord's Prayer in three things. Adore, admitting, and asking. Adore, admitting, and asking. What do you, th- this is good stuff. You could take this and apply this the moment you walk out this door. You start, you start, you start admitting you continue your prayer with what God has done. In other words, you start confessing, forgive our sins as we forgive others. You start confessing what God has done. What's the greatest thing that God has done? He has forgiven you of your sins. And you start thanking him for the forgiveness of sins, but also knowing that in forgiveness of sins, you have become the righteousness of God. So you start confessing, thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you that you have forgiven me, even for the thing I just did before I got into prayer. Father, thank you for giving me for the thing that I did last night. Father, thank you for forgiving me because I am a wretched man, but in your eyes, I am the righteousness of God. And you start confessing, guess what? In prayer, you start recalibrating and realigning you, realigning everything that God has called you to be. So yeah, you can go with asking, go right for it. But when you start adoring him and making much of him, and then you start confessing, oh, I am the righteousness of God. Oh, I am everything that God has called me to be. I am a forgiven saint. I am a healed saint. I am a new creation. Man, let's go to asking now. Maybe your asking might be a little different now. Because now the person that you were entering prayer is not it's not the person who you are right at that moment you can go and start asking now give us today our daily bread what does it say Luke give us day by day our daily bread and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one now you start asking what? You believe in prayer for what God is going to do in your life. But Pastor Ro, why is this order so important? It, it's important if you want the fullness of what comes out of prayer. I want to be honest. Jesus says, the disciples looked at Jesus. Hey, say, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? They didn't say, hey, can you teach us how to do miracles? Hey, can you teach us how to cast the devils? No, no. He said, this comes out through prayer. What I taught you. You live a lifestyle like this. You'll get the fullness. Why? Because as you pray and you make much of God, you're hearing those prayers. And instead of your asking being God, 
Give me faith, God. Give me faith. What if faith actually transfers into your soul when you start making much of God and start thanking him for who he is and then start thanking him for what he's done? All of a sudden, your face starts. So when you go to asking, guess what? You're not pleading with him, church. You're declaring it by faith. Oh, my God. I feel like you, you start declaring by faith. Oh, I thank you, Jesus, because my household will be saved in the name of Jesus. My finances will be restored and then now you're asking is less pleading and more declaring because your faith has been activated and now you believe everything you ask for and the Bible says if you ask but don't believe it's not like it's like not asking at all but now your asking is molded by your adoration your asking is molded by your confession and now when you ask my God boy is it different if you believe that give God some praise in the house you start asking God man it's like God I know it will be done in the name of Jesus why you don't have to ask God for faith because your faith is being activated by adoring him and by making much of who he is and by confessing all the good things he's done church yes you can ask God understands. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you even when you don't know how to pray but let me tell you There's something that happens in a believer's life when they get into the regular relationship with God. Regular relationship with God. You know what that is? Like there's some, when I look at, when me and my wife are, like there's no one that knows me like my wife. Not because I confessed everything to her because we're in constant relationship. She knows when I'm not doing good. She knows when I'm off. With one look, I already know. With one look of mine, she already knows. Why? Because we are connected. I'm going to ask us to stand up today. We're done. We're... I'm going to ask our leaders to get in position, but... What if for the next 10 minutes we just started praying right here, right now? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, Go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.